The following is a sermon that was preached at Good News Lutheran Church in Mount Hoare, Wisconsin. It was preached on Sunday, June 12, 2022, on the basis of Numbers 6, verses 22 through 27. For more information or to view our entire sermon library, visit goodnewslc.org. Thank you for listening. What did you get? A husband asks his wife after she returns home from an afternoon out shopping. What did you get? A wife asks her husband when he returns from the grocery store with dinner for the family. What did you get? A grandmother asks her grandchild after a recent birthday celebration. And what did you get? Church-going people ask themselves every single week when they go home from church. We do. Whether we're aware of it or not, we do. In fact, anytime we are paying for something, we want to know what we get. And when we come here to church on a Sunday morning, we are very much paying with an hour of our precious time, maybe even two, something probably even more valuable than our money these days. So what do we get? It's a natural question that we want an answer to. What do we get? What's the value add? What are the benefits that this time brings into our life? Even if we aren't consciously always asking ourselves those questions, we are always running the calculations in our mind. In fact, maybe it even determines when and how often we come back. And maybe that isn't all bad. We want to get something when we come here to God's house, especially when you consider our circumstances. Just like the people that we are going to be talking about today, you and I are on a journey. We are on a journey through a world that was never intended to be our permanent home and a world that each and every week proves that to us. Anytime that we lack the resources that we need, anytime our health or our lives are threatened, anytime we experience worry or anxiety or despair in our hearts, we are reminded that we are on a journey through a place that is not our home. And so if on that journey we are going to stop, we are going to come here, we are going to take this weekly pit stop to refill our tanks, then we want to get something, don't we? Well, if that is the case, then the words that are in front of us this morning are just the right words for us to be looking at. They are words that probably sound familiar to you. We hear these words each and every week. In fact, these words are among the very last words that we hear when we gather here together in God's house. These words are known as the ironic blessing or the ironic benediction. They're the words that you hear right at the end of each and every service. And yet, even though these words are very familiar to us, they deserve our careful attention. Why? Because these words are more than just a churchy sounding way of saying goodbye when our time here is up. These words are more than just one last thing that we get when we come here, sort of like that pack of gum or that candy bar that you throw into your shopping cart as you're standing there in the checkout aisle. These words are more than just a signal that the service is almost over and pretty soon it's going to be time to make a beeline to the donuts. No, these words deserve our careful attention. In fact, these are 
the perfect words for us to hear as our time each week draws to a close. Because as we are going to see this morning, the last words that you hear here tell you what you get here. In fact, in that sense, we might even sort of compare these words to a receipt. When you go to a store and you buy some things, you walk out the store, and that receipt details everything that you got. And if you are preparing for some trip, some journey, hopefully what is listed on your receipt matches everything that you need in order to take that journey. And as I mentioned before, that's exactly what is going on with the people in the verses in front of us today. God had brought his people out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. They had traveled to the base of a place known as Mount Sinai, also known as Mount Horeb, and they had spent the better part of the past year camped out there. During that time, God had given his people what essentially amounted to their constitution as a nation. All of the rules, all of the regulations that governed personal life and social life and worship life, all of those rules that made them who they were as a nation and people. But now it was time to go. Now it was time to pack up their camp, and they were going to set out on a journey through a vast and dreadful wilderness. And so thankfully, before they went, God gave them these words. God gave them this blessing. God gave them this list of all of the things that he wanted to give to them for the trip. He promised that he would bless them and keep them. He would provide them with everything that they need. He would protect them from harm and danger. God promised that he would make his face shine on them and be gracious to them. God would look at them with a warm, loving, forgiving smile instead of an angry, disappointed scowl on his face, even though that's the last thing, of course, they deserve from him. God promised that he would look on them with favor and give them peace. Even as they set out on this treacherous journey, God would fill their hearts with a sense of calm, a confidence that no matter how terrible things seemed, everything was going to be okay. It's quite a list of things that God wanted them to have on this journey. And I don't know if you noticed, but the best news was they could find all of these things in just one place. This wasn't like when you have to go to Woodman's for your meat and your poultry, and then you run up to Costco for your produce, and then, of course, on your way back into town, you stop at Quick Trip for your eggs and your milk and your bananas. Everything that they needed came from just one place, all of these blessings from a one-stop shop. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Their God was going to give them all of these blessings. And maybe best of all, that word you, that is the object of all of these promises that God makes. It's not a you plural. It's not, I'm going to bless you, everyone. It's not, I'm going to give you a big bucket full of blessings and you guys can all sort them out and decide who gets what and how much. No, when God spoke these blessings, it was a you singular. God was promising each 
and every one of them, every single thing that they would need for the treacherous journey that lay ahead. When you think about the words of this incredible blessing, this incredible receipt that they held in their hands as they broke camp and set out into the wilderness, it makes it all the more surprising, all the more shocking that so often these people doubted God. They grumbled and complained against God. They disobeyed what God commanded them to do. Actually, when you think about it, it's not all that surprising or shocking at all because we know what it's like. We too hear these same exact words of blessing from our God. In fact, we hear them at the close of our service each and every week when we gather here in God's house before we head back out on that journey. And yet we head out on that journey and very often it doesn't seem as though God has delivered to us exactly what he's promised. He says that he will bless and keep us, that he will provide for us and protect us. How's that working out for the people in Ukraine right now? Or much closer to home, have you seen how high inflation is these days? Your dollar doesn't stretch as long and as far as it used to. Maybe it's even starting to feel as though things are getting pretty tight. God promises that he will make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. But does it really feel as though that's the way God looks at you? I mean, you know what it's like to hang your head in shame, to grit your teeth in anger over the things that you've done. If that's how you feel about you, don't you think God feels exactly the same way? God promises that he will look on you with favor and fill your heart with peace. Does it feel as though that's what your heart is always full of? Peace, calm, confidence? How about stress, worry, anxiety, despair, frustration as you look at the pieces of your life that seem to be broken beyond repair? Yes, we head out onto this journey with this receipt, this itemized list of things that God is going to give us in our hands, but then it's almost like we look in our shopping cart and we don't see those same things. It seems as though maybe God hasn't delivered the way that he has promised, and if he hasn't delivered the blessings he promised, do we really want to keep paying for them week after week? That's why these words of blessing that are in front of us today, these words that we hear each and every week, need to be understood properly in light of the words that we don't hear every week at the end of our service. In other words, the words of today's first reading that come before them and the words that come right after them. Right before these words of blessing, we get God's command. God commanded Moses to tell the priests of Israel that this was the blessing that they were to speak. Aaron and his sons were to speak these words in the presence of the people of Israel. That was the command. But then after the words of blessing, we get the promise. And in that promise, what God tells us is that when the priest spoke these words, the most important thing that was going to be happening is that God would be putting his name on his people. And when God puts his name on his people, God himself shows up to be present in the speaking of those words and to in fact be the one who is speaking those words of blessing. 
Before in the command, God says, you priests speak these words. But then in the promise, God says, I will be the one who is there delivering this blessing. And there's a reason that careful understanding of these words is so important. You see, it really shouldn't come to us as much of a surprise that as we look at all of the things God promises us and then we compare them to our shopping cart that we push through life, they don't always seem to match up. As we are commemorating and even celebrating today, we have a God who dwells in absolute majesty and mystery. We have a God who is completely different from us. We have a God who is so far beyond us. In fact, we have a God whose basic essence and nature is this unfathomable mystery that we call the doctrine of the Trinity. Our God is one. Our God is also three. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In these verses, we hear the one name of the one true God, the Lord. But that name is repeated three times. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. And if in his very nature and essence, God is a God beyond our understanding, a God who dwells in majesty and mystery, then it should not surprise us that when he shows up in our lives and when he goes to work in our lives, when he delivers in our lives the blessings that he has promised, it would also be in a way that is shrouded in mystery, a way that we don't always understand, a way that isn't always clear or obvious to us, and in fact, in a way that is probably far different than we would do it if we were in charge. That's why it's so important to understand what is going on in these verses. In these words of blessing, God is doing more than just rattling off all of the different things that he wants to give his people. He is doing that to a certain extent, but even more than that, he is putting his divine, holy name on his people. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. And in that name, God doesn't just deliver to us a bunch of stuff. In that name, God delivers himself. Not just all of the best stuff that we find on God's shelves, but him, his very presence among us. In that sense, these words of blessing are much more than just a receipt where we find all the stuff God wants to give us. They're almost like a birth certificate. They remind us whose we are and to whom we belong. In fact, we might think of it this way. Do you happen to know the name of the wealthiest man who lives in our state, the state of Wisconsin? It's not Aaron Rodgers. It's not Giannis Antetokounmpo. It's not Herb Cole. It's not Judy Faulkner. It's someone that I'm guessing you've never once seen on TV, and yet I know that you have heard his name hundreds, if not thousands of times. His name is John Menard. So imagine if you were not going on a journey, but instead had something broken at your house that you needed to fix. And so you walked in to one of John Menard's 300 
home improvement stores. Yes, it would be nice that when you go, you could get some of the things that are on the shelves of those stores that John Menard owns. But wouldn't it be even better if you could go to that place and receive the family name of John Menard? That you would be adopted into that family, that his name would be put on you, and that you would receive all of the rights and privileges, all of the access, all of the inheritance that would come along with having that family name? Now, maybe you've even experienced it where you walked into a store like Menards and you didn't even realize, you didn't even know everything that needed to be on your list to fix your leaky faucet. How much more would it be then the case that it is far beyond our pay grade to know exactly what needs to be on the list of all of the blessings that we need to make it through this journey to our heavenly home? Their exact size, their exact shape, their exact quantity, what we need, when we need it, how we need it. Are you capable of figuring all of that out? I know I'm not. And so what a blessing that these verses don't just list all of the stuff that God wants to give us. Instead, they put the Lord's name on us. And with the Lord's name, they deliver to us the Lord himself. Friends, when you come here to this place as a pit stop on your journey through life, we might say that it's kind of like you receive a little carton of God's providence and his care. It's kind of like you receive an extra dose of the forgiveness that you need for all of your sins. It's kind of like you get a little injection of the peace that only the Holy Spirit can give. But even more than that, when you come to this place and the name of God is put on you, you get God the Father who always provides and protects. You get God the Son who has purchased enough forgiveness to last you your whole life through. You get God the Holy Spirit who is an endless, bottomless source of the peace that you need. Yes, our God dwells in majesty and mystery but he has tethered himself to us. He has tethered himself to us in his name. When his name is spoken on us, when his name is given to us, he is among us. We don't just get his blessings, we get him. So, what did you get? church-going people ask themselves every week when they go home from church. It's not a terrible question to ask so long as you know how to answer it. Maybe sometimes when you come to church, you learn something that you didn't know before. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe when you come to church, you walk in the door feeling a little bit down, but when you leave, you feel as though you've been picked up. No complaints there. Maybe when you leave this place, you have an all-new resolve and determination to live the way that God wants you to live. Wonderful. But each and every week, you get something even beyond those wonderful blessings. Whether your shopping cart is full of information or inspiration or determination when you leave this place, you can be confident that when you leave this place, the name of God has been given to you and in that name, God himself has been delivered 
and given to you. In fact, we don't just end our service that way. We begin our service that way too. Every week, the very first thing when you walk through the door, the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, the name of God is placed on you. And every week, right before we leave, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you, be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. The name of the Lord is placed on you. And with that name, you get God himself and all of the blessings that he knows you need. Amen.